Hello and welcome to the From Ballparks to Buzzbeer Sportscast. I'm James Farley alongside my co-host Perry Martinez, and today we have an awesome episode coming your guys' way. Right now we'll be running down the final game, the championship game where Baylor pulled off the win 86-70 over Gonzaga. This concluded one of the best March Madnesses that I can remember. It had some incredible games, and we're actually going to be discussing some of those incredible games with the draft day that we'll have in this episode. So stay tuned for that. Perry and I are pumped for that. And we're going to jump right into this game that Baylor pulled off the win, 86-70. What are we talking about here right now, Perry? Yeah, James. So as you said there, we're going to break down this game. Um, but just to start real quick, just about the game. Obviously, we were expecting a very close game. I mean, the top two teams in college basketball, really, of the past two years, Gonzaga came into this game 31-0. They looked like a powerhouse. They had survived the scare against UCLA on Jalen Suggs' just absolutely unbelievable shot. Stephen A. Smith, the famous ESPN reporter, even said that he gave Baylor no chance in this game. He thought that Gonzaga was going to blow them out, but it was actually the opposite here. Baylor went wire to wire. They led the entire game, and they ended up pulling it out 86-70 to over the previously undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. Baylor came in really, really good last year. That tournament was canceled due to COVID, but they picked up right where they left off this year, and they could cap it off how they wanted with that big national championship win. Baylor Bears star Jared Butler, who averages 15.2 points, 5 assists per game, 3.5 rebounds per game in this tournament. He won the final four most outstanding player. So congratulations to him. He was just absolutely phenomenal against Houston in their blowout win. And he was phenomenal again in that national championship win. But James, we've talked about the end result. Um, we've talked about who won final four most outstanding player. But how did Baylor win this national championship game? What did they do well? Perry, Baylor out had a ton of offensive rebounds. They just dominated the offensive glass completely, led by Mark Vidal, Jonathan Chamachachua, and Flo Thamba. They were owning the offensive glass, and Gonzaga didn't stand a chance. Baylor was being able to get second chances throughout the entire game, and this was huge. They had 16 offensive rebounds. That's just flat-out insane to have at least 16 second chances throughout this game, and Gonzaga obviously did not have this on their own end. So with Vital, Chamachachu, and Thamba leading the way with the rebounding aspect of things, they were able to get their the ball back in their scorers' hands with Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, and Masio Teague. These guys were huge for the teams, the three guards, and these forwards and centers, Usually, this, Baylor's usually a team that's a really guard-oriented team, with those three guys I just mentioned, they're their main scorers. They have the ball in their hands the most. But these three guys, in Mark Vidal, Chama Chacho, and Flo Thamba, they were all able to play some massive minutes and come through for this team. Mark Meyer, did, or, yeah, he had a great game as well. So Baylor was just really, really strong on with the offensive rebounds. Perry, what else did Baylor do to really get this win in their bag? Um, You know, the NBA game has become reliant on the three ball as has the college game. Baylor shot 43.5% from deep. That is otherworldly, especially with the nerves that you can expect in the national championship game. Players might be a little more reluctant to take the shot, but Baylor was shooting three-pointers, and they were making them Compared to just 29.4% from the Gonzaga Bulldogs, this played a major role in the outcome. Gonzaga, with their high-flying offense, Corey Kispert, one of their best three-point shooters, averages over 40% from deep this year, but they could only muster up 29.4% 
from the team as a whole. So definitely something that they could have done better. And then they also committed 14 turnovers, the Gonzaga Bulldogs did. And Baylor got out in transition as much as possible, and they ran as many in of those as possible. They scored easy transition layups, easy transition baskets that led them to this victory. But James, you know, we can talk about how well Baylor did and what great game plan they had. But at the end of the day, Gonzaga didn't play well either. I mean, what happened to this Gonzaga Bulldogs team? Yeah, Perry, this Gonzaga Bulldogs team, obviously this was not the ending they were looking for. They just looked out of sync in this game. They did not have the usual firepower offense that they usually have. They usually average 92 point, or they average 92.1 points per game on the season, but they only put up 70 points, which is 22 below their season average. So that's a massive loss for this Gonzaga team. They were able to Gonzaga team, excuse me. They were able to rely on their heavy scoring all throughout the year to give them victories across the board, which brought them to this national championship game. But by scoring 70 points against the strong Baylor Bears team, it's just not going to be able to get it done. And that was a major factor in what helped Baylor get over the top because both these teams had incredible offenses, but Baylor's defense proved again and again how many times we've said it. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships, and this is exactly the case with Baylor holding the best offensive team in the nation to just 70 points. And then another major factor was that Jalen Suggs suffered immediate foul trouble, picking two early fouls before the first media timeout at the 16-minute mark. And this is huge because Jalen Suggs is, at the end of the day, Gonzaga's best player. They do have Drew Timmey. They do have Corey Kispert. They were all 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 Americans in college basketball this past season. But Jalen Suggs is do it, a do-it-all player. He was my favorite college basketball player in the nation this past year. He can score the ball in a completely out-of-this-world way. He can pass the ball. He's a great distributor, great on the defensive end, as you saw him have a huge block in the UCLA game to get their, bring them to the, um, the national championship. And he can just rebound, too. So he has size. He can do everything. And by having him suffer immediate foul trouble, he, was, had, he had to take out, be taken out of the game. And but Baylor certainly took advantage of this. And Baylor, Gonzaga's troubles is not just in this game, but they also have the depth is not the same type of a thing because Baylor has, um, excuse me, has Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, and um, they so 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 good. They have Mark Vital, uh, Matthew Meyer, all across the board, Maceo Teague, all of these guys who are able to play a huge factor in the game and get the job done, while Gonzaga has, Perry, you had mentioned several times in previous episodes, just Corey Kispert and uh, Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmey, among others. So the major factor is that depth as well, and Baylor is able to, they did a very good job relying on that depth because Gonzaga, with Suggs getting in foul trouble, they're all tired, their stars playing heavy minutes. Drew Timmey got in foul trouble later on as well, but Baylor was able to just continuously put in their players who are really, really strong players, and it can be a starting lineup in almost any team across the country, and they were just coming off the bench fresh with new energy and new life, and that was a major factor in what brought Baylor to this victory. Perry, another major factor is the differences between the big threes in this championship game. What exactly was that, and how did it play a major factor? Yeah, James, you talked about there. Gonzaga was relying on star power. We talked about the heavy minutes that they were playing. Four of their players were over 30 minutes, 35 minutes a game. So that is just ridiculous. And Baylor's big three might have been, was a little bit more rested. That could have played a role as well. 
but Gonzaga's big three of Kispert, Teme, and Suggs combined for 46 points in the national championship game. So throughout the regular season, they averaged 52 points per game, the combined three of them. So even though that's six points below their season average, for this Gonzaga team, that felt like 20 points. Compared to the Baylor Bears side, where Davion Mitchell, Maceo Teague, and Jared Butler, they combined for 56 points, which is 10 more than Gonzaga's big three. So that 10-point difference of Baylor's big three over Gonzaga's big three, and we've talked about the diff- that Gonzaga's star power is what made this team so special. So if Baylor's big three is outscoring Gonzaga's big three by 10 points, that's not a good thing for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And Baylor's big three, they outshine Gonzaga's, and with a better bench and rebounding team, Baylor was able to pull off the blowout victory. So a big congrats, congratulations to the Baylor Bears on their national championship win. But James, we've talked about, we've broken down the Sweet 16, we've broken down the Elite 8, we've broken down the national championship game. Why don't we rank these best games in draft day? So we're going to do what we keep on doing. We're going to do a snake draft. Um, six picks each. Once again, I lost the coin toss, and James chose to pick first. So we are very excited to start this draft. And James, I'm sending it over your way to the number one overall pick. Boy, oh boy, this is exciting, Perry. So with this draft, as you said, we're going to be drafting the best games of this entire March Madness tournament, all rounds included, including the first four. So across the board, we're choosing the best games. It's all you're taking everything into consideration. Buzzer beaters, close games down to the wire, surprising upsets, later games, that kind of a thing. So all of these, that we take, we took everything into consideration in ranking our teams, and now we are going to be drafting. And I have the first pick, and I'm very fortunate because I'm going to be able to take the Final Four matchup between the Gonzaga Bulldogs and UCLA Bruins as my first overall pick. This is a no-doubt pick for me. Gonzaga won this game 93-90. to This was back and forth the entire game. The number 11 seed, the UCLA Bruins, looks like they could potentially pull off one of the biggest, if not the biggest, upset in March Madness history against the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. But Gonzaga was able to prevail. Johnny Juzang tied things up at 90 with a putback of his own. He missed a floater, got the ball back, laid it in with just over three seconds left in overtime. And the rest is history. Corey Kispert gathered it. Inbounded it to Jalen Suggs, the freshman phenom, who sprinted over half court and heaved a half court buzzer beater. He elevated and was able to hit that buzzer beating half court three at the buzzer to win that game and send Gonzaga um, against uh, uh, to the national championship with a date with the Baylor Bears. Suggs led the way with 16 points, six assists, and five rebounds, along with Drew Timmy's 25 points and Joel Ayayi's 22 points. And on the other side. UCLA was just not enough, but Johnny Juzang did have 29 points. Jame Hakez Jr. had 19, and their point guard, Tiger Campbell, had 17. This was an incredible game down to the wire. I had clammy hands the entire way on the edge of my seat. This was an incredible game and one that is definitely going to go down the history books as one of the best March Madness games of all time. Yeah, James, I think that was a no-brainer. Um, I really want that number one pick just to be able to take this game, but... You know, that's a great game and deserves to go number one. And then going back to number two, I'm going to take another UCLA game. I'm going to take the UCLA-Alabama game. This was the Sweet 16 game that UCLA won 88-78 to in overtime. 
Um, Alabama was down by double digits entering the second half, and they made a little bit of a comeback that capped it off when Alex Reese hit a crazy pull-up three to tie at the end of regulation. You can imagine my excitement. I picked Alabama to win it all, so I was going nuts when Reese hit this three. I thought my bracket was crushed. I thought it was all over. And then, of course, UCLA got hot in overtime, and my bracket was crushed. But this was just a great game. I really enjoyed watching this game, especially the last 10 minutes of that second half and overtime. That was just some great basketball play by both teams. But UCLA, Hamaikes Jr. and Jules Bernard each had 17 points. And then for Bama, Javon Quinterly's 20 points was not enough for this Alabama Crimson Tide team to knock off the 11 seed UCLA Bruins and UCLA ended up going to the Elite Eight. So then James, it's back to me for the number three overall pick and I'm going to pick the biggest upset of the tourney. I'm going to take Oral Roberts, Ohio State. Um, This was the first round game that Oral Roberts won 75 to 72. This is when Max Amos and Kevin Obanori burst onto the scene. We've been talking about Max Amos for a while. He was the nation's leading scorer this regular season and he played like this in this game um a 15 over two this was the upset like the michigan state when they got beaten um by florida gulf coast and middle tennessee excuse me florida gulf coast was a little bit earlier but oral roberts kevin obanor had 30 points to leave this oral roberts team ej lil had 23 points this was the first major upset of the tourney just a great all-around game one made even better by the upset james i'm sending it back to you for your second pick and the fourth overall pick really good picks there perry those were my second and third overall picks respectively and those are just incredible incredible games i mean watching max Amis and kevin obanar take the spotlight away from ohio state was definitely a game that i'm going to remember for a very long time with that 15 seed pulling it off and now i'm going to actually as a matter of fact you picked an oral roberts game and Continue that trend with the fourth overall pick and my second pick of this draft by selecting the Oral Roberts versus Florida Gators game of the second round. In this game, Oral Roberts beat them 81 to 78. This was their second and final win of the tournament with the two stars in Amis and Obanar continuing to lead the way for the Golden Eagles. Obanar had 28 and Amis had 26. This was a phenomenal game and just watching this 15 seed move on to the Sweet 16. That's unheard of. Only Florida Gulf Coast was the uh, the only other 15 seed to ever reach that point, and Oral Roberts became the second. So this game was incredible to watch, and Oral Roberts was able to end Florida's run and move on. So that was my pick, and with my next pick, the fifth overall pick of the draft, I'm posed with a very difficult decision here. But I think that I'm going to have to take, this was a really, really solid game in the second round. I'm going to take of the Midwest region, I'm going to have to take the Houston Cougars versus Rutgers game. This team, Rutger, or Houston was able to pull this game out 63-60. to They had a comeback to remember against Rutgers going on a 14-2 to run to end the game. 14-2, to including the last seven points of this game, which is really why I had to choose this game, especially because Houston ended up moving on to the Final Four. So if it wasn't for that 14-2 run, they'd be gone, and they wouldn't have even gotten to the Final Four at all with Rutgers, who would have ended up pulling off this massive upset. But Houston was able to prevail and go on this incredible and memorable comeback and move on. So this is a huge pick that I'm really happy with taking here. 
that Traymond Mark had a putback and one with 24 seconds remaining to take the lead. Quentin Grimes had a great game, scoring 22 points. And that's all you guys have to know for that game. I mean, Houston with a huge comeback, stunning Rutgers. Rutgers had a 90% chance at winning this game late. And Houston was able to come back and win this. So that just speaks for itself as to how great of a game this was. Barry, back your way for the 6th and 7th picks of the draft. So, James, I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy with those picks. Um, Oral Roberts in Florida was actually my 7th-ranked game, and then Houston and Rutgers was actually my 8th-ranked game. So, um, with these next two picks, I'm actually going to get four of my top five games in here, which I'm very excited for. Um, But with the 6th overall pick and my 3rd pick, I'm going to take UCLA-Michigan. This was in the Elite 8. 51-49, UCLA pulled it out. I mean, this was just a great game. Just great game planning by Mick Cronin and the UCLA Bruins. If you're a fan of hard-fought defensive battles, this is the game for you. Um, Mick Cronin just stifled the Michigan offense in 49 points. Michigan's second-best player, Hunter Dickinson, led the team with 11 points. He was the only Michigan player in double figures for this game. Johnny Juzang, on the other hand, had 28 of UCLA's 51 points. That is more than half of their points. Just an absolute great performance by Johnny Juzang. Um, But Michigan missed... Two buzzer beaters at the end of the game. Mike Smith missed the first one, which was actually a very, very good look. And then Franz Wagner missed a very tough off-balance three-pointer. But I am very glad to get that game, especially considering the um, implications. The winner would be going to the Final Four, and that ended up being UCLA by the score of forty-one, um, 51 excuse me, to 49. And then with the next pick, I'm going to take Arkansas-Texas Tech. This was a great game in the second round. Um, I remember watching it and being on the edge of my seat. I I love Texas Tech. I love Chris Beard. This was his last game at the program as he's going over to be the coach of the University of Texas. But Arkansas won this game 68-66 behind Justin Smith's 20 points. Terrence Shannon Jr., though, matched him of Texas Tech for 20 points. But this was just an even game, back and forth, all game long. Um, the, um, excuse me, Arkansas outscored Texas Tech 33-31 in the first half, but the second half was a dead tie. But Kyler Edwards of Texas Tech missed a layup at the end of the game to tie it, and that is just a killer. But I'm very happy to get those two games. And James, I'm sending it over to you for the next pick. Interesting picks there, Perry. That UCLA-Michigan game, I think that that was a really good game, good pick there. But then the Arkansas-Texas Tech, I had that much further down, actually, as my 10th-ranked game of the tournament. So I think that that was picked very high, and that is leaving the door open for me here. And I am really, really pumped about that. So the first pick that I'm going to take here, I have a couple games I'm tossing around here and there. What am I going to do? But I think that I'm going to have to take in this situation. I think I'm going to have to take the first four game between UCLA and Michigan State. UCLA won 86-80 in overtime. I mean, first four to final four, what else do you have to say about it? UCLA is filling, I feel like it's filling our list of picks here. You've taken um, UCLA over Michigan and UCLA over Alabama. I have Gonzaga just over UCLA, and now I have UCLA over Michigan State. So across the board, UCLA seems like it's all over the place. 
but they were a memorable team. The Cinderella story of this March Madness tournament. And this is right where their run started with the comeback win over Michigan State. Uh, Johnny Juzang and Jame Hakez Jr. dominated for the Bruins, combining for 50 of their 86 points. 50 of their points. Hakez had 27 points and Juzang had 23, which is just unheard of. A ton of points. Really, really great performance. They showed up and they were able to mark their spot in a first-round matchup against BYU, which they dominated, and then they took off from there, heading on to the Final Four. And now my next pick is going to be this was a tough, tough pick, but I'm going to have to take the Sweet 16 matchup, a spot on the line, to get to the Elite Eight between Oral Roberts and Arkansas, with Arkansas taking this one 72-70. Oral Roberts' magical run comes to an end against a very good Arkansas team who came to play in this tournament. Max Adams barely missed a contested three at the buzzer, and that would have sent the Golden Eagles to the Elite Eight, but Arkansas was able to just pull away, and the Razorbacks headed on the Elite Eight against the Baylor Bears, the eventual national champions. So I am pumped with those two picks. I am very pleased. Those were actually sitting at my six and seven overall picks. So I'm really happy with that, going right as I was hoping. And it's heading back over to you, Perry, for your next two picks. Who are you taking? James, I really like the Arkansas Oral Roberts game. I was contemplating taking that over Arkansas-Texas Tech. Um, Arkansas Oral Roberts was my sixth-ranked game. But UCLA-Michigan State, I mean, that was ranked number 13 for me. That wasn't even in my top 12. I just thought, even though it started UCLA's run, um, if you want to play like the butterfly effect game, but at the end of the day, it was a first-four game. Um even though it was a chance to get into the tourney, I just don't see how that was picked ahead of the game that I'm going to take here, which is Florida-Virginia Tech. This was a first-round game. This was a very exciting game from start to finish. Um, Florida ended up pulling it out 75-70 to behind Colin Castleton's 19 points. Virginia Tech's, though, Naheem Ali-9 had 28 points for the Virginia Tech team. Just an absolute gutsy performance from him and he hit that crazy three to tie the game at the end of regulation i remember watching this game and v tech missed a three and then they fouled and the guy missed the free throw they got it back and alley nine hit this crazy three at the buzzer to um force this game into overtime which they got outscored 11 to 6 so florida pulled um, over and overtime, and they really dominated that overtime period. But I'm taking this game for the end of regulation stretch. That was just so fun to watch. And then with my last pick of the draft, you have one more after this. Um, I've been tossing up a few games. This is going to be really tough for me. But the reason that I took this game is just because of the seed difference and how big of an upset this is. I'm going to be taking Abilene Christian against Texas. Um, this was a great game. Abilene Christian won 53-52. to uh, This is similar to the UCLA-Michigan game where it was just great game planning, great defense by Abilene Christian that just forced Texas into 23 turnovers. 23 turnovers for this Texas team. That's just less than half of their total scoring output, which was 52 points. But Andrew Jones for Texas had 13 points. But for Abilene Christian, Joe Pleasant and Corian Mason had 11 points each. And this was one of the stunners of the tourney. As many people had Texas going on to the Elite Eight, but they this just defense, this hard-nosed defensive battle allowed Abilene Christian 
to pull off the upset as a 14 seed beating a 3 seed. James, I'm heading it back to you for your last pick of the draft. Thanks, Barry. Some solid picks there. And Abilene Christian versus Texas has that that game along with a game that I'm going to now end up taking. I was tossing up between those two, and you actually made my life easier with that, but really good pick on that one there. All right, I'm actually going to quickly go through a couple honorable mentions real quick that I'm not going to take. Uh, a um, second-round game between Syracuse and West Virginia with Syracuse winning 75-72, Buddy Bayheim leading the way 75, um, with 25 points. Excuse me. Really great uh, game here. West Virginia had a fierce comeback, but Syracuse was able to barely hold on. Another one was between Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. Creighton was able to win their first round game. UC Santa Barbara barely missed their final shot. It just hung on the rim and fell out. This was a nail-biter of a game, and Creighton was able to pull this one out in a one-point game. And then the final matchup that, um, that I was tossing up between is Loyola Chicago and Illinois. Loyola Chicago won this one 71 to 58 in the second round, descending to the first number one seed packing in this tournament. They dominated the entire game with Cameron Crutwig, their big man, scoring 19 points, 12 rebounds, and adding five assists along the way. He, they, uh, this entire Ramblers team added, uh, had some huge plays along throughout the entire game down the stretch when it mattered most, and they got the job done, bringing their team the Sweet 16 for Sister Jean, so that was awesome to see Sister Jean, the 101-year-old for Loyal Chicago, their biggest fan, which is awesome to see. And then obviously the national championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga, which was an honorable mention just because of the point differential, but I mean that has to be an honorable mention just because it's at the national championship between the two top teams in the country featuring some of their best players, such as Jalen Suggs and Jared Butler. But my pick for this one is going to be the first-round matchup between Ohio and Virginia. Ohio won this game 62-58 to as a 13 seed over the reigning national champions. Jason Preston dominated for Ohio, scoring 11 points, adding 13 rebounds and 8 assists. He sent this lovable team into the second round, and they were able to hit some huge shots um, down the line in crunch time and they were able to hold on to the late lead. I was watching this game with my family, and this was an awesome, awesome game to watch. We were on the edge of our seats rooting for the upset, and that is exactly what happened as the number 13 seeded Ohio was able to take this game by four. And back over to you, Perry. Yeah, James, that's definitely a good pick, but that wasn't even in my top 14. I actually had Creighton UCSB. That would have been my next pick. And then the national championship was up there. Syracuse versus West Virginia was up there. Illinois Loyola Chicago was ranked 15 on my list. So definitely a good pick with Ohio Virginia. I don't know if it was that high warranted because I think that a lot of people had Ohio being this Virginia team. So I don't think it was um, as big of an upset as some of these other games were. But just to round out the teams real quick, James, you ended up with UCLA Gonzaga, Or Roberts versus Florida, Houston versus Rutgers, UCLA versus Michigan State, Arkansas versus Oral Roberts, and then Ohio versus Virginia. And then on my side, I ended up with UCLA versus Alabama, Oral Roberts versus Ohio State, UCLA versus Michigan, Arkansas versus Texas Tech, Florida versus Virginia Tech, and then Abilene Christian versus Texas. So I think this was a great draft, great draft all around the board. Um, some really, some really great games were picked in this draft, and just the March Madness tournament as a whole gave us plenty of great games. 
Definitely, Perry. This was a March Madness to remember. Some incredible games that we ran down the way. Buzzer beaters, Cinderella teams, everything you can imagine. And the fans ended up getting exactly what they wanted. You can have as many Cinderella teams as you want, but the game that was canceled in the regular season between the two number one seeds and Gonzaga and Baylor was put on pause. That game was not played in the regular season. We ended up getting what we wanted, and Baylor was able to come out on top. So congratulations to the Baylor Bears and Scott Drew for winning the national championship 86-70 over Gonzaga Bulldogs. Gonzaga's great, and all the players in that game are going to go on to have some incredible careers. I have a great feeling about that. They have showed up in this tournament. And that is it for this episode today with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beater Sportscast. Everybody go check out our website at www.fromballparks2buzzerbeaters.com for all the information you guys need to know. And that's it for today. I'm James Farley signing out alongside my co-host Perry Martinez. Have a good one, everybody.